Okay. How many people are expectant this morning? Is that just Dave Lewis? <laughs> are we expectant this morning for God to speak? Yeah. yeah. Great. Um, I hope people enjoyed um, just the presence of God last week and the word that was brought. And, and this morning, I just want to remind us what we were looking at last week. We were kind of looking at how we sometimes we can't control the waves in our lives that come, but we were talking about how God gives us that peace that can push back those waves, that peace that can push back those waves, and how we're called to just um, speak peace to our hearts and our minds. And Dave, are the lights changed? Just, I don't know whether they are changed at all, so I can actually see. Um, but we're going we're gonna to get back into Philippines. Thank you. We're going to get back into Philippines um, 4. So if you've got your Bibles with you, it is going to be on the screen. But Philippians 4, verses um, 8 and 9. Um, but also, I just wanted to very quickly pick up. Last week, we, were, we um, read through 6 to 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which tr- transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I, as I was just reading through this again, I'm on the train uh, on Wednesday night, I was, I was reading uh, just the, the very start, where Paul is saying, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. And I, was just, I just loved that, stand firm in the Lord. And you know, Paul is not talking about there. He's not talking about a season of life. Paul's not talking about, like, this is a brave heart moment where we're called to stand firm and, you know, you may take our trees or whatever the saying is, but you won't take our freedom. Paul's not talking about that. Paul's actually talking and encouraging each one of us to stand firm in the everyday walks of life. Stand firm in the everyday walks of life. And... As I was sort of praying through um, this morning, I was like, do you know what? And and listening to Luke's story, I think God understands that we as his people are not always going to move forward. That we as his people are not always going to be those trailblazers that are gaining ground every week, new thing every week, new thing every week. God is really blessing us this week. We're moving forward this week. But you know, I think that's why God through Paul, is encouraging us to say, actually, sometimes it's just about standing. Sometimes it's just about standing in the place that you're at, and that's okay. We're not always having to move forward. We're not always having to push forward. Sometimes it's just enough for each one of us to get up and just stand where we are in that place. And Paul's saying to us that that's okay. That's okay. Um, but what I wanted to do, I just thought that was really kind of a neat thing to read through there and, and to just, for some of us, do you know, I could probably sit down now and that would be all we needed to hear, that actually it's okay to just stand. Um, but I'm not going to sit down, unfortunately for you. Um, so we're, we're going to just go into verse 8 and 9 at the moment. Verse 8 and 9. Finally, I, I love this because Paul's obviously, he's a 
clearly like a preacher, and it's like, finally, and you know what that means when a preacher says finally, it means that I'm not going to finish, and it isn't finally, I'm going to actually keep talking. Um, But Paul says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. And the God of peace will be with you. I like, some of us, the situations, and you know, I talked a little bit about this last week. The situations that we're facing, we need to speak peace into those situations. But I love the fact that actually we don't just have peace, but we actually have God who is peace in each one of us through the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And so we don't just have, we don't just have to speak the peace of God into each situation, but we can walk with the peace of God. We can walk with the God who is peace living in each side, inside each one of us. And Paul is um, listing here, if you like, just some of the characteristics of God. He's listing some of the characteristics of God, and he's saying, it, it says quite clearly here, it's, in, at the end of verse 8, it says, Think about such things, whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is, hum, um, whatever is admirable, whatever is lovely, whatever is... Uh, and and he's, he's saying to us, think about these things. But what that actually means is make that a habit of thought. Make that a habit of your thought life. It's not saying that when you come up against situations, when you come up against things that you don't know where to go, you know, it might be once a week, it might be once a month. He's not saying, actually, it's then's the, then is the time to think about how do I get through this? And let's go back to the characteristics of God and work out how we do this with the right heart, with the right characteristics. No, what he's saying is, is that every day, make this a habit of your thought life. Get back in to this. Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is true, whatever is pure. Make that a habit of your thought life. And last week we looked a little bit about Paul saying in a few verses before, be anxious about nothing. Be anxious about no thing. But what he's saying here is, be anxious about nothing, but be consumed. Be consumed by these thoughts. Be anxious about nothing, but be consumed about these things. You see, the, the, the series is called Overcomers. And I don't believe that we can be overcomers unless we're focused, unless we live a focused mindset, unless we live a focused mindset. And, and some of the things that we're dealing with, fear, failure, whatever it may be, they have a lot in common with faith. And the thing that they have in common with faith is focus. Are you following me? The thing that they have in common is a focused mind. When we focus on our fear, then we will have fear in our life. It's fear and faith. It's about a mental state of what are we focusing on. And so Paul is saying here, make this, make this the habit of your thought life. Make this the habit of everything that you think about. Um, 
how many, you don't have to raise hands if you feel awkward about this, but do we have any dieting people here? Like, do we have any people that like to diet? Do we have any people that are like the, the, the kind of the smoothie diet? Do we have anyone here that is like the January diet people? Do we have anyone here that is like, actually, I, I'm going to be the, the diet person who is just about, um, I, I'm just going to, I love certain things and I'm going to diet on those things. I've kind of made this diet up myself. Uh, this is what I'm going for. Um, I, I would have sometimes in the past been like that January diet person, but I, I've realized after being away, that there is a new diet for me. I was, yesterday I went to, I think it was yesterday, um, I went to, in, in London, I went to a Brazilian restaurant that was an unlimited buffet. And I, I don't know who came up with that concept of unlimited buffets. I, I, I almost feel like we should praise God for them and we should thank God for them this morning because I am all about, like, you know, the diet for me is, I, I want to know, I want someone to show me what is it that I can eat unlimited amounts of and still stay as trim and as lean as I am? Thank you very much. That, even though I am receding and uh, the first time I've worn a shirt or whatever it is. But um, that's the kind of diet. I, I, I want to know what is it that I can, I can do unlimited amounts of and still be focused, still, be, still have that right, you know, that sort of right body, if you like, or whatever. And, and I, I say that in jest. But what Paul is saying here is, Paul is saying that I want to give you a list that you can focus on, that you can be all consumed with, that you can think about as much as you like. And all it's going to do is produce a healthy focus. That's what Paul's saying here. Saying, be anxious for nothing, but be consumed be consumed with whatever is lovely, whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is right, etc., etc. And he's saying, here is a list that you can focus on as much as you like and be completely consumed by, and it will produce healthy focus. And faith is the byproduct of, a, of correct focus. Faith is that byproduct of when we're focusing on the right things. I remember the first time I went to Canada um, and went to meet Mandy's parents. And um, Mandy's dad was like, do you want to go to a, a, an ice hockey um, match? I was like, yeah, it sounds like interesting. I, we don't really get too much of that in Devon and Cornwall. Um, and so, so we, we decided, uh, he took me to this ice hockey match. And it was Russia playing um, Canada, um, under 18s. And I sat there for quite a long time and not... Did just struggle to follow anything. Couldn't follow the puck, couldn't follow the players, couldn't follow the rules, couldn't follow... And I, I was trying to focus on all of these different things. And I remember near the end, and I wish he kind of said it at the beginning, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. He said to me, just focus on the puck. Just focus on the puck. Because that was going fast enough for me to kind of... I, and, and I still struggled. But I was kind of focusing on the puck. And, it st and the game started to make a little bit more sense to me. And Paul here, we see Paul is like, he's writing to a young church. And this church is struggling with the strains and stresses that a young church struggles with. With the politics that young churches can sometimes struggle with. With relationships that young churches struggle with, and all churches struggle with. And Paul is writing to them, and what he's saying here is, he's saying, guys, do not make this complicated. Keep it simple. Keep focused on the main thing. 
Keep your eyes set on Jesus. Keep focused on the main thing. I want you to think a little bit about your own life and where you've had issues in your life, where you've had things that have really maybe perhaps overcome you in your life. And I want to I suggest that when those things have happened in your life, when things have overcome you, when decisions you've made have been poor decisions, when things that have happened have been things that perhaps you weren't expecting, or what, and, and actually they've, been, they've come from your own making, I would suggest that that's come from a lack of focus. A lack of focus. You see, Peter, he was loving it. He jumped out of the boat. He was walking on the water. What happened? Peter sunk. Why did he sink? Because he took his focus off Jesus. He took his focus off Jesus. And I think one of the miracles in that story is that actually when we take our eyes off Jesus, it doesn't mean that he doesn't reach out and try and pull us back. Amen? When we take our eyes off Jesus, it doesn't mean that he forgets us. He's still focused on us. Even though we're not focused on him, he's still focused on us. And so we've got to make it a habit. Make the focus of our life, make the focus of our thought pattern a habit. We're going to, just very quickly, I just want us to jump into 2 Corinthians 10 verse, verses 5, and you're going to wonder how on earth is, is he going to put this together, and, and I'm hoping that we will. Um, let's be confident. Um, so in, in 2 Corinthians 10 verses 5, this, we hear this, we demolish arguments, and arguments is anything that actually is, is contrary to what the Word of God says. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought. Say, take captive every thought. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. To make it obedient to Christ. I want to ask you, what is holding you back today? And if I was to ask each one of you, what is holding you back today? I would suggest that you will list people. You will list events. You will list financial situations. You will list certain things that have happened in your life. You will list health. And I want to say to you this morning that it's not the things that are holding you back in your life. It, it is not the things that are holding you back in your life. And how do I know that? Because whatever thing that you're dealing with at the moment, nine times out of ten, there will be someone maybe in this church or someone that you know that is dealing with exactly that same thing. But do you know what, what they're walking, how they're walking that journey? Is they're walking it with peace in their heart. They're walking it with joy. And I'm saying it's not the things that hold us back. It's not the things that hold us back. It's the way that we think about those things. It's the way that we think about those things. And Paul is saying that we will overcome all things because we're called to be anxious about no thing if we have that right thought pattern. And if we want to overcome those things in our lives, then we have got to focus on whatever is true, whatever is pure, that list that Paul gives us. And I love the fact that... Um, Paul says, is whatever true, whatever is true, not whatever is fact. Paul says, whatever is true. And 
We need to understand that there is a difference between fact and truth. See, it was a fact that they killed Jesus. It was a fact that they hung him on the cross. But it was the truth that he was the resurrection power. It was a fact that they put Paul in prison. But it was the truth that Paul was not a prisoner. Amen? It might be a fact that we're sat here struggling with so many things. It might be a fact that actually some of us might be struggling financially. But it's the truth that we believe in a God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You know, this is about holding that thought. Holding the thoughts that Paul tells us to hold. And then we become overcomers. I, 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 and, and the reason I wanted to just dip into 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, uh, we demolish arguments. And we hold every, we, sorry, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I don't know about you, but I, I, I have a very, like, my mind is very busy. And actually, you know, I try, I do, do certain things. I, I, I stand here, I want to admit to you, you know, sometimes I've gone for a massage and actually they've rubbed those oils on and they try to make you, you know, they play that music and I'm like, this is not work. I, I'm still, I, you know, this is great, thank you. I, you know, I really appreciate what's going on here. But in my mind, I'm thinking, like 101 different things, and it's not really, it's not really working out for me. I'm, I'm, my thought pattern is just, sometimes I'm, I'm just a very busy person. And people tell you to, to let it go. Have you ever had that thought? When you're going through life, and there's stuff that sideswipes you, thoughts that come into your life, and things that come into your life, and people say to you, you just got to let it go. Just got to let it go. Do you know, that's contrary to what the Bible says. It says take every thought captive. Because it's, it's saying don't let that thought hold you. You hold that thought. Don't let fear of failure hold you. And some of you this morning, you're sat here in fear for whatever reason. And what God's saying is do not let fear of failure, fear of whatever, hold you this morning. Because I have told you to take every thought captive. I have given you the list that can overcome those things in your life. Focus on whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy. The, and I, I would also suggest that the opposite to success is not failure. That the opposite to success can be unfaithfulness. And let me explain what I mean, because I think sometimes it's in our, it, in our failure, when we're faithful, God still uses it. Does that make sense? In our failure, if we're faithful, God still uses it. And, and I was thinking about what example I could give on this, and I was like, do you know what? One of probably... The biggest failures that we can think of was Jesus' time near the end of his life walking on this earth. And stay with me on this. Jesus led this movement. And what happened was his disciples denied him. 
And that's almost like, actually, we walk out of this room and you all turn around and say, no, Sam wasn't there. He wasn't up the front preaching on anything. You know, and and Jesus' disciples denied him. And then he went and he died on the cross. But when you're faithful to God, he converts whatever it is that we do for his goodness. And so in Jesus' life, if you like, or the end of his life, where his disciples denied him and he was hung on the cross, actually what happened because he was faithful to his father was what we didn't see or perhaps we didn't realize if we were walking back then with him was that Jesus was converting the worst failure in human history to the greatest victory that the world has ever seen. And that was done through being faithful even in failure. And so what we see here is when Paul is saying in Philippians, you've just read this list, you've got this list, you know I've given you this instruction what to think on. He's saying, when that comes into your life, when you bring that into your life, he's saying, grab a hold of those things. And he's saying, ride those things into your future. Ride those things into your destiny. Ride those things into what God has for you. Grab a hold of them. Hold those things. But Corinthians is saying something slightly different. He's saying that actually when those thoughts that are perhaps negative... When those thoughts that are about actually, do you know, I, I want to I be a part of the worship team, but I'm not Mariah Carey, I can't hit 18 octaves. Um, I, you know, and so in actual fact, I'm going to check out right now. This is the fear of failure. This is the fear, you know, I, actually I want to do X, Y, and Z, but I'm not that person that can do that, and, and this is never going to happen for me. What Paul is saying there is, he's saying, hold those thoughts. Hold those thoughts captive. Hold those thoughts captive. And that's quite a strong, it's quite a strong phrase, holding thoughts captive. It's, it's actually very similar to like having prisoners of war. And sometimes we need to interrogate our thoughts. And, I, and I, I feel like I'm educated enough because I've watched enough spooks, I've watched enough Midsummer Murders, and I've watched enough 24 with Jack Bauer to know how to interrogate my thoughts. And I'm guessing some of us will, will be on that journey as well. And so for us... I. You know, some of us, we need to sit down with our thoughts and say, where did you come from? Where did you come from? Because what I've got here is a list in Philippians, and this is not matching up. This thought that's in my head right now is not matching up to whatever is, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever, etc., etc. And so where did this thought come from? Where have you come from? And when... If it doesn't fit that description, we're told to hold it captive. But you know, sometimes those things, those thoughts, we've had for many, many years in our lives. And it's really hard to hold them captive because they have power over us. And, you know, holding them captive is not about saying that we are stronger than them at the moment. It's about saying that when we hold them captive and we do what is in the Word, we represent something that is stronger. We represent something that has already won that battle, that already has that victory. And then sometimes we need to ask, where, where is it going? Where is that thought going? Because I want to tell you this morning that your thought pattern has the ability to lead you into destruction 
or the ability to lead you into your future. And I, th I find it kind of amusing, like for me, I never wanted to stand up in sp and speak in front of anyone. That used to be a real fear of mine. It used to be something that I just was like, it was not on my radar at all to do. And it's just interesting that the thing that brought me such fear in my life, God has used that thing to bring to the house and to be what God's called me in to. And so for me, that fear does still come but I know I'm to hold it captive. I'm to hold it captive. And when we hold something captive, there is no way of escape if we continue to hold it captive and we focus on whatever is pure, whatever is the list. The Philippians 4, 7 to 8. And so I just, this morning, I... God can use your greatest fear to show you what your future is if you hold that thought. If you hold that thought. And I just... Um, this morning, I, I, we're just going to give some, some time again. And I... I've really felt strongly for a little while that we are, we, I, I, love, I love our church and I love what's happening um, in our church, but I felt for a little while that actually there, is, uh, there are chains that need to be broken, there is stuff going on in our lives, and we kind of experienced some of that last week, and we had an amazing prayer ministry time last week. And for some of you, you've walked in here with the fear of failure in your life. And in actual fact, the fear of failure for you is, it is, has stunted you from going forward to step into ministry, from stepping into anything that God has for you. And so this morning, we're just going to, um, I'm just the worship band, if you just want to come up, we're just going to have some quieter worship. And, and this morning, I just, I just really believe that if that's you, again, I just want us to, to, to do a very simple thing. And that's just going to be to stand where you are. And we're going to have a time of, of prayer ministry. Um, and if there's lots of people, then everyone will pray with everyone again. And we'll see what happens and see what God wants to do. But I just feel like we're, we're kind of on this journey in this Overcomer series where we're not going to allow those thoughts to hold us captive. Where we're going to step forward and we're going to hold those thoughts captive and we're going to focus on the right things. And so if you are here and there are things that are holding you captive, there are things that are controlling you, there are things that you can't let go of. And we don't specifically need to ask for those things. And I, and I think that was probably one of the great things about last week was that we don't have to be specific as we stand up. And so, there, so we can just actually pray for a release of those thoughts and that we will, we will hold those thoughts captive. And we will pray that we will focus on the right things. And so if you're standing, sorry, if you're sitting here today,
And there are thoughts that are holding you captive. There are thoughts that are overcoming or stunting you or stopping you from stepping forward. I just want to encourage you to stand where you are and we're going to pray. some of the prayer team please and just some of the and also the, the leadership team as well and anyone who feels called to to pray with these people just please gather around them and, and we're just going to pray with them as we worship